0: I'm Dane. And uh, I beat the off and path by founding EcoCart. And with EcoCart, we are on a mission to save the planet one e-commerce order at a time.
1: Welcome back to the beat the off and path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer on this show. We showcase unusual success stories, often with an eco-friendly slant to help us think outside the box and radically redefine what success means in our own lives and in our own careers. Dane Baker, is the founder of EcoCart, an inspiring way for businesses and e-commerce customers to offset their carbon footprint. Dane is a serial entrepreneur who's always seen the world just a little bit differently. He wanted to find a win-win-win for businesses to offset their carbon footprint right at the checkout stage. So what does this mean? It means that if you install his Chrome extension, you can automatically offset the carbon footprint of your own purchase from so many retailers by just adding a small amount to the purchase price. It's a really innovative way to help solve the problem of e-commerce waste. Dane is a very smart dude and his passion for making the world a better place is palpable. So I'm super excited to introduce you to Dane Baker of EcoCart. All right. Saving the planet one e-commerce order at a time. And yet you yourself do not have an e-commerce company. So explain how that works.
0: (laughs) Great question. Uh, Yeah. So, um, you know, we got started uh, with EcoCard about three years ago, all because um, we live this problem ourselves we had a, a my, my, my co-founder and i had a prior company uh, where we were actually renting um uh, through a peer-to-peer marketplace renting uh items like surfboards kayaks snowboards uh between you know networks and peers and we created that platform really because we thought that renting in contrast to consumption was a greater benefit for the environment. But as we scaled, it became very complicated, very expensive to maintain that sustainability ethos and rigor. And uh, so we tried everything. Uh, it was very complicated, very expensive, prohibitive, prohibitively. So, and so, we realized there was a problem. Uh, we ultimately sold the company uh, and then I spent a little bit of time uh, venture investing after that. But then ultimately that, that uh, problem always stuck in the back of my mind as one that uh, needed to be solved in the world. And so that's when my co-founder and I came back together uh, about three years ago to, to, to start this journey. Um, and, you know, again, like I mentioned, we're, we're trying to save the save the planet one e-commerce order at a time.
1: I love that tagline. It's brilliant. So all right. So tell us exactly how does the product work? Yeah. So we've developed a
0: technology to calculate, uh, and then ultimately offset the carbon footprint of any purchase, any consumer activity, any purchase. And we sell this technology directly to e-commerce brands. So on retailers, generally it has to be e-commerce. So, um, what we do is, um, we take factors, you know, our, our technology, our algorithm takes factors like shipping distance, package weight, product type into, into account to be able to calculate the specific carbon footprint of any purchase. And then ultimately uh, displays a checkbox to the consumer at checkout through an e-commerce platform to be able to make their order carbon neutral by adding a few extra cents to their order. Uh, With that, we're then funding certified carbon offset projects like planting trees, building wind farms, sustainable agriculture, really frontier carbon removal technology. Um, And that's how we make the order carbon neutral. So. We, uh, by way of this, this solution, we are helping brands, you know, show their customers they care about the environment as much as their customers do.
1: That's so incredible. So I have to ask, are you putting that burden then on the consumer? They're the ones who have to spend? Do the brands ever say we're going to contribute the extra few cents?
0: Yeah, so they do. Um, and and actually, you know, it, it's interesting you, you sort of use that phrase. Um Probably unintentionally, of course. We don't we don't consider it a burden, burden in any way. Actually, it's um, the consumer has the opportunity to um, you know play that role in their sustainability journey. A lot of consumers actively want to do this. In fact, even decide they want to pay more, right? And then ask us um, demand ways that they can actually contribute more to offset their carbon footprint. So um, the short answer is consumers love it, and the longer answer is we do have also some brands that decide to cover it on their behalf. Um, to make all of their orders carbon neutral uh, as well. So the the model is flexible. Uh, we do have some brands on board. Um, we actually have two thousand brands we work with today, um, which is uh, and we only launched about a year and a half ago. So it's been a, an amazing year and a half, and something that we're really proud of, just the the the, the demand of the marketplace. Um, but it is flexible in that the brand can decide that they want to cover it or or offer it to their consumer.
1: Amazing. And you say you've come a long way, and that's really true because you were just named to Forbes 30 Under 30 for this year, right?
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a fun one. That was,
1: that was awesome. So you're doing it. You're reaching the upper echelons with what you're doing and you're building this model. It's, it's gaining so much momentum. It's incredible to see. So when you're approaching these companies, when you're getting started, have you felt that they were excited to be a part of this or were they hesitant or how has the reaction been trying to get companies on board?
0: Yeah. So, um, great question. Um, and, we, I've been humbled in a lot of ways over the last couple of years, um, and one of which uh, of the of those um, uh, experiences has been just simply the demand in the market by both consumers and brands. And um, you know we see immense uh, support for for our work and what we're doing. Um, and, and a lot of, you know, what, you know, a lot of why this happens is, uh, and why we, why I say this is a lot of the brand, a lot of the brands we work with today, and we have partnered with already, um, have actually come in inbound to us, right? They, they actively reach out to us. We're not, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pull, not a, not a, not a push from our perspective. So we see wow. a lot of brands, um, who are really interested in a solution like this and actively asking how they can, how they can join the EcoCart community. Um, and that's been a lot of our 2000 brands we've, we've, we've successfully, um, you know, Know, um brought on into the eco car community so far and that you know that sheer fact i mean it's a it's a majority so it's greater than you know greater than 50 percent um, uh, of our of our brands have actually come in and bound to us so um it's it's a really um humbling fact and something that uh you know we fundamentally believe is is becoming standard in in the checkout uh world right um there's you know let's just you know forecast out three five years from now you know, this is absolutely going to be something that exists in every single checkout flow um, for 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 consumers to contribute alongside the brand um, uh, to, to ultimately have a carbon neutral order. And I think, you know, this is something that we're really leading this movement uh, towards, towards a sustainable shopping experience for both brands and consumers.
1: Well, I would love to see that. I think that's a great goal. Obviously, now we round up our change for various things, children's hospitals or whatnot at various different grocery stores. But I think one of the big questions has always been, how do we get companies that haven't been contributing to contribute in an easier way, right? Mm-hmm. There are some people in some businesses that have baked in eco-friendly, eco-conscious things into their business model, but there are many others who never have. And now you're trying to find a way to make it easy for them to say, just implement this one thing and you can do better than you've ever done previously. Is that correct?
0: Exactly right, yeah. The uh, From an implementation perspective, it is... You know, incredibly straightforward there's a lot of upside and benefit for the for the company for the brand um at its core it's just you know aligning the mission between themselves uh, as a brand and their consumers um and you know that that sheer fact has been something that um has great results you know in, including things like increased retention of consumers over time so higher ltv um over time for for a consumer um you know consumers are more willing to make a purchase with a brand knowing that they're. Uh, environmental impact would be mitigated, and so we see higher cart conversion rates uh, because of our solution. Um, a lot, a lot of great benefits that come along with, um, you know, why? Uh, I, I guess it's just sort of like, you know, pure data points um, and analysis into, you know, the the feeling that consumers have for 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 a brand that uh, that is helping them live sustainably.
1: Incredible. And how is it possible that for such a seemingly small amount, how is it that you can offset an order for just a few pennies or a dollar? Because that seems way too low.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, you know, carbon footprints um, as relates to, you know, e-commerce purchases, it's a tough, um, you know, first and foremost, it's a tough uh, thing to conceptualize. Um, And so what we try to do is we try to make it very, easy for the consumer to understand what their carbon footprint is, what it represents, how we came to that conclusion of what that actually that specific number was because it is specific to every order. Right. And so there's, there's some, you know, very well thought out rationale behind every calculation uh, that we run. Um, And, you know, ultimately, you know, we try to, you know, communicate this throughout the customer experience and that's, you know, the pure, you know, that, that's, that, that in and of itself is kind of the, the magic. Right. And, and that's why we see about, uh, one in every four shoppers actively clicking this box to pay more, uh, for you know, for their order to be carbon neutral. And so, that's um, a really great data point. Now, uh, you know, to, to your question, it's it's something that we've derived um, and, and really honed in on since the beginning. Um, you know, we, it, our adoption rates weren't always at weren't always at high. Much lower when we initially started. You know, some five percent in some cases. And so, have really you know um, honed the the customer experience and created this um, this amazing you know user experience for the for the consumer and for the brand um, that again boosts card conversion um, and also. Um, you know, from a, from a pricing perspective, I guess, you know, to answer your question directly um, that, that cost, you know, is a fa- is a factor of many is a, is a, um, is a factor of many different things, right? Is, uh, or is the outcome of many different factors, right? Like the price of the offset project, as an example, there's tons of different offset projects that exist in the world. We curate the most highly impactful carbon offset projects. So sometimes, you know, the prices of project that we have in our within our portfolio are sometimes even a little bit higher than, than, than normal, just considering the quality of the projects that we're actually funding here to make sure that the, the impact that we're having is, is, is high. So, um, You know, all in all, you know you take uh, it's again, it's a tough thing to conceptualize. But if you take the carbon, you know, uh, the carbon emissions um, of you know any company and extrapolate it over all their purchases on an annual basis, it actually becomes uh, palatable from a from a consumer's perspective to be able to you know pay a few extra cents to make their order carbon neutral. The math just works out in that way.
1: That's brilliant, brilliant. So you touched on earlier some of the different projects that you use or the partners that you have. So I pay the extra money. I'm yeah. done with it. I get the product. that's done. So you collect extra money, and then where where is it going? How is it being offset? What are some of the partners that you use?
0: Yeah, so we've actually built this uh, project network. and when when we say when I say that, essentially what we what we mean by that is we have you know about a dozen plus sources of projects that we that we um, purchase offset projects from, and so we have created this sort of independence in how we go about this. So um, a lot of um, other, pl- you know, you can go and buy offsets um, other places, right? There are, you know, offset brokers that sell you projects and and uh, other other platforms. We're agnostic in our in our in our project source, and so uh, what this what this means for our brands the consumers they get the best projects um, for the for the lowest prices. And so, um, you know, we've done all that work up front to heavily vet projects, heavily vet uh, brokers, um, and the you know specific project sources that we we're able to purchase projects from, um, and aggregate all of this into uh, into our platform and provide this to the consumer and to the brand, of course, um, in a, in a nicely um, curated portfolio. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's how we're, we've been able to secure you know um, you know the best projects, right? Is through this through this uh, through this methodology. Uh, and that, again, has a, an amazing effect uh, when it comes down to what the brand sees, what the consumer sees, and overall the experience.
1: Incredible. So what what would be the top three? What are your favorite examples? What what mechanism? Windmills? I mean, what's the most yeah. interesting manner of doing this?
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's, we, we have tons of projects across different categories. Uh, forestry-based projects. We have um, – you know, sustainable agriculture, you know, methane capture projects. We have, you know, wind farm building projects. We have a ton of in general, just alt energy, um, projects. So it's, you know, it's very, it's varied across, um, category, but also, uh, geography. So projects all over the world as well. Uh, some of my favorites, you know, we, we, in the past had projects, um, that are building water filters for, um, for folks in local developing nations. Um, so that they can have clean water, and you know that, that might uh, uh, at, at first might not seem like, well, how is that reducing you know CO two from the from the atmosphere? And that actually comes um, from the fact that you know the alternative to to you know purifying uh, non you know what was like river water, let's just say, or whatever that sort of water source was, um, would be boiling it over a wood burning stove. And so not only are we uh, preventing forests from being cut down. We're also, um, you know, preventing the, the need for the actual emissions um, for, that are caused from an actual you know, active uh, wood burning fire. So um, that's one example of a project that's kind of near and dear to my heart that we've had in the past. And so um, things like this, right, that, that just kind of, um, you know, are doing really, really great things for the community and for the, uh, and for the environment together. So um, that's a, a small example of some, some of our projects.
1: Incredible. Clearly, you're very passionate about this, which I really feel and appreciate. So, let's rewind a little bit. Have you always been passionate about the environment? Describe us your journey up to this point. I know you're relatively young, but how did you end up here with this idea?
0: Yeah, it's great question. So, um, you know, I've always, I've always, um, you know, I'm, I am sort of a an entrepreneur uh, minded, right? And so, I've always tried to start, you know, something or had a had a project of some sort and um, they've all had a pretty similar theme of trying to make the world a better place in some way, shape, or form. Uh, now that has evolved in a few different ways, right? Like the last company that I mentioned um, was something that we started um, inherently because we wanted, we thought that renting um, versus consumption was, was better for the environment, you know, net benefit. Um, and so, yeah, you know, all of the, all of the you know undertakings that I've, that I've done personally, have always, you know, tr- tried to, um, to weave in how to make the world a better place and so i think that that's you know always been how i view um you know the sort of the the energy that i output on sort of a daily basis and the things that i choose to work on and spend my time on and that that um you know can have a really amazing sort of uh multiplier effect of, of impact in in the world and so um you know that has never been you know more strong than as of recently when um, you know, again, we had this idea, this sort of you know uh, light bulb moment of taking carbon offsets and something that has traditionally been you know scrutinized a, a ton as a as a as a vehicle to uh, affect change, and then making that incredibly transparent. Uh, making that available to the consumer at the point of purchase as a distribution mechanism by way of a, an e-commerce brand, and all the while helping the brand. And so that sort of mix, that beautiful like you know trifecta mixture of of benefits um, and good that's being done here, you know, is a win-win-win-win across the board. And that um, that you know just uh, felt like just an incredible pull to, to 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 jump in and start the company. So that's kind of how I how, how, how I thought about it.
1: I love win-win-wins. That's what the show is all about, trying to find those win-win-wins, things yeah. that are good for you personally, good for the world, good for all of that, because it it can happen if we focus on it. And not a lot of people are focusing on it. And if you don't set something as your goal, you'll never achieve it. So you right. set that as your goal to have a win-win-win, and you're doing it. Yeah. I think that's incredible. Were you the kid on the playground who was selling other kids candy bars when you were seven years old? Were you always entrepreneurial in nature?
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, to to some extent, um, I remember one specific instance I was, um, uh, lived across the street from a, um, from an avocado orchard. And so, uh, I remember one specific instance I would, um, I would pick avocados and then go door to door when I was like seven years old and try to sell them to my neighbors, uh, at a, at a pretty small, small scale, of course. Um, but yeah, I've always wanted to do things like that, you know, had, you know, lemonade stands, of course, as a kid growing up and, you know, all those things just really excited me always. Right. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, to some small extent. And then ultimately kind came, came to realize that, um, the energy and effort of doing that, um, not only was really, um, what's fulfilling from a from a personal perspective, but also can parlay that um into into good for the world, right? And that's kind of where the 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 power of um you know trying to have that uh, good for the world sort of mentality and in, in 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 the work that we do. And that's that's how I've, how I I've found a lot of uh, uh fulfillment personally.
1: So good. Did you ever take on a corporate job? Did you, have you ever had a normal job in your short career so far? Yeah,
0: it's a it's a good question. Um had you know, I've always I've always worked. You know, I've always been um, always worked. Um, you know, really hard even throughout school. And so um, I have you know had a had a had a handful, if not you know a dozen jobs um, in in different capacities. You know, throughout throughout my time, um, you know, being a sort of young professional. Um, so yeah, you know, I've dabbled in you know had internships, dabbled in the sort of corporate world, um, not to you know any sort of longer term extent. Um, but yeah, had, had sort of had, had the experiences across different, you know, companies and, um, uh, and, and experiences, which all, you know, I've always thought is like learning experiences for, for what I'm doing now and today. And, and, um, it's just been, you know, it's been a great, uh, a great journey to kind of get to use those, use all of those different experiences, no matter how different they have been and, you know, take little, you know, nuggets of information and learnings and, you know, sort of craft, um, and, and always be sort of focusing on improve, improvement, and so that's how I've sort of thought about it. And, and um, you know, I think it's 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 been really uh, meaningful from uh, the perspective of being able to build you know a company and uh, and a team um, together. So it's been it's been great.
1: That's so cool, so 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 very cool. To the people out there who want to pursue this, again, the people who are talking to are thinking maybe they want to create a win win win. They want to build a business like you have. In the beginning stages, what's the most important thing? How do they get funding? How do they get that idea off the ground to start something and to start building the change they want to see?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and it's all, it's often the hardest part, to be honest. Um, I, you know, for me, the, the 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 main thing that I learned and something that I, if I were to go back and tell myself, you know, three years ago, hey, if this is the one piece of advice i would give, would probably be just get started. So there's a lot of... Um, analysis paralysis that can happen um when when considering um something to jump into whether it's a project or you know whatever it may be right and so um i think the you'll never know when to actually you know do it right so uh, two things that come as uh, sort of sub bullets as part of that idea is try to um you know and, and, and what I found success doing is de-risk it as much as possible by you know doing a bunch of research figuring out is this the right market is this the right idea is this the right space you know, are there competitors out there doing something similar? What is the alternative that, um, that, that a customer, potential customer is doing today? um, And, and, and how can we do it better? Right. And so doing that, all that research up front, de-risking it, and then ultimately getting yourself comfortable to a point, because you'll never be hundred percent comfortable jumping into anything, but getting yourself comfortable to a point, maybe 70, 80% of the way there. And then um, at some point just saying, let's just try it. And then, and then, and then having the mentality of, you know, figure out if it works fast. And and if not, then get out. So basically fail fast, right? It's kind of the uh, the standard adage. Um, and I'd say that's probably the, the best advice that I would go back and give my, my own self about three years ago.
1: Fail fast. Yeah, well, you live in Silicon Valley, basically. So okay. these are all the talking points. We've heard it again and again. Fail fast. Also infinitely scalable. You've got a software solution, which is great. So you're hitting all of the boxes, which is fantastic. I do wonder, how do people know Many people have had an idea in their life. They've been having a few drinks with a friend. They've got an idea. How do you know, aside from the research, whether that idea has the potential, or whether that might be something that you could go all in on? Because at some point, you do kind of have to go all in, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. It's a mixture, right? Of um, there's always the, you know there's always data, right? That's going to help get you comfortable with that again, but it only serves only to a certain point, right? So data only helps up into a point and then it's like, you know, then it really is gut driven, you know, like you can't really, um, I, I guess, you know, accurately describe the right um, tipping point to, to, to jump in there. It's just a matter of, you know, do you have your bases covered with, you know um, you know, have you, have you just done your research and figured out, you know, is this the right space, the right market? And then, and then, and then, you know, to a certain point, once you're, you know, 70 80 percent of the way there in terms of confidence then it's just a matter of, of of having the um you know having the having the courage to just jump in and do it and i think that's really the the, the key is um you know a lot of folks um i i think and what i've noticed is a lot of folks are trying to be 100 percent confident like they have to be like there's no risk they like sort of you know only comfortable doing something um unless they're you know unless there's Total, it's totally, it's totally as riskless as possible, but I think that there's always, you know, there's, gonna, there's always going to be some margin of error that you have to just sort of naively jump into. And that's, you know, there's, there's, there's a time and a place to do that. And I think, um, again, the sooner the better.
1: All right, folks, it's time for a quick commercial break. Now, I've been doing this for a very long time. And let me tell you, folks, it's a pretty thankless job to create another podcast in a sea of about a trillion of them. Who the hell cares? So I'm going to use the sponsorship time that will one day be filled for tens of thousands of dollars I'm sure by brands like Patagonia to plug my own ethical marketing company, Aloa Marketing. That's A-L-O-A Marketing. We specialize in helping mission-driven startups, nonprofits, and people and organizations with a message worth sharing, from e-commerce websites with thousands of products, to redesigns, to social media management, content creation, video, audio, like this piece you're listening to right now, to SEO, to learning management systems, and much more. We handle all aspects of your brand and marketing in the digital age. So if you are in need of assistance or if you know someone who does, visit ALOAMarketing.com. That's ALOAMarketing.com. And now, enough of that nonsense. Back to the show. Of all the skills that you need to be an entrepreneur, what do you feel that you excel at? What comes easiest to you? What is the most difficult? Are are you constantly generating ideas or you only occasionally have an idea but you're excellent at execution or the research part? What are your strengths and weaknesses, do you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good question. Um, you know, I'd say, you know, I've always been one um, who, who is, who has, I guess, the ability um, to, you know, not just, you know, focus on and, 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 and sort of do things um, in the details, like in the weeds, but also be able to zoom out and look at things from a, you know, 30,000 foot view. And so, I think that's been a really helpful uh, trait to be able to oscillate between those two um, views in a really, you know, fast um, manner and also move fast. I'd say those are kind of the two, you know, two of the, of the biggest, um, when I look at sort of, you know, um, what has contributed mostly to, to the success of the company or, or to my own success has been, the, is really those two, um, those two ideas or concepts, you um, and I think that obviously comes at the, uh, at the expense of other things, right? Like thoroughness um, in some cases. And, um, um, you know, if you're moving fast, then you obviously can't think of every single scenario. Um, and there's always a risk. But, uh, but I think, you know, overall velocity and speed um, uh, of improvement uh, cures all. I think, you know, the, the one thing that I always think about in my mind is the only thing that matters is just the velocity of improvement. Um, you can start off, you know, at zero. And if you're improving at a really fast rate, I um, mean, constantly doing so, then you'll all, you're, you know, get, you know, if, if time, obviously if times at, uh, uh, is on your side, then over time, you'll always be um, you, you ultimately become, uh, you know, whatever you're striving for. Right. And I think so velocity of improvement has always been the the number one thing in my mind that I, that I try to strive for. And I think, I think, um, as one of my one of my personal strengths
1: super cool co-founder yes or no
0: yeah I have a co-founder yeah 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 uh, We, we in general earlier. oh g- oh general yeah Do just recommend- as a general
1: yeah co-founder yes or no
0: yeah um it it depends I mean there's a lot of um there's a lot of you know um I would say it, it's very situational right um personally uh, I think co-founders are, are amazing it's, it's almost like do you go down the? It's the question is, it's kind of the question of would you, cause it's like a personal thing. Cause you, you know, you can also think of it like, would you go down a deep, dark, you know, on un, unpaved path alone, or would you rather go it with, with someone else? <laughs> and so, um, it's, you know, there's a lot of ways to think about it. Um, it is, you know, entrepreneurship is a perfect example of that. There's, you're on, you're chartering uncharted waters in many cases. And so, um, you know, can, you know do, you do you do that alone or do you do that with someone who has complementary skill set to you? Um, and I've always, I've found it to be incredibly helpful to have a, a co-founder of my experiences.
1: Well, I love that metaphor because the way I've always felt, it's it, to me, it's a double-edged sword. Do you go down that path alone or do you go down it with somebody who's there to help you? Or are you unknowingly going down the path with somebody who's got a knife in their back pocket or somebody who <laughs> halfway down the path no longer feels like walking down the yeah. path or somebody who after all of the legal documents are signed says, I'm tired of walking down the path.
0: Yep. I don't want
1: worry, yeah. 50% of everything, but I don't want to do anything anymore. There are so many nasty stories, like musicians, bands, the Beatles, any group of people working. At a certain point, there are interpersonal relationship things. How do you see that?
0: True. I mean, you know, anything's risk, right? Um, it's all about picking the right partner. It's like a marriage, you know. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Like you gotta, um, you gotta know your partner, know what you know your um, you know in this case skills are um and theirs and how they complement each other and um how you interact together how you um solve problems or when 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 problems come up how do you how do you tackle them um but yeah i mean it's is sort of just the same concept as a marriage right i feel like it's just you know you get comfortable with with that person and then um you know if you feel it's right and it's you know it 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 ticks all the boxes then then yeah it definitely makes a lot of sense and can be tremendously helpful in terms of trajectory of the company and Sanity more, you know, really just like, right. it's a, yeah, it's a is a tough path. Right. And so, um, yeah, just from a, from a sanity perspective, it's, I, I would recommend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. So how quickly into this journey, since it is relatively new and you've had some pretty impressive accolades already, how quickly into it were you validated? Was there a tough period where you didn't know if it was going to work or was there pretty much instant feedback from day one that gave you some encouragement?
0: Great question. Um, Let's see. I think there's always, so there's a few ways of looking at it, different like layers and um, levels. I would say um, there's always been some degree of, of, of like product market fit where customers have always been like, this is awesome. I love what you're doing. I want to use it. Um, But it, I would say, it's really accelerated since, you know, if you look at the timeline of the, of the company, like initially, um, you know, it, what I would say we, we, we don't feel it. I, I didn't feel it as much back then as I do now. And that's probably for, you know, a few reasons. Um, you know, just general consumer sentiment. There's, you know, also like, you know, we've also just built like a trusted brand in the space. And so there's a lot of um, things working in our favor. Uh, but I would say. Um, you know, we've been fortunate to always, you know, have that there be some semblance of this is a needed solution in the market. Uh, consumers are, re- are going to demand this. Uh, brands are going to demand this. I think now it's becoming clear, though, that it's absolutely, you know, going to become standard and something that consumers demand. And so, you know, we are very fortunate again to, to um to sort of um, be, be leading that charge um, because it's one that's, it's absolutely happening and there's a lot of um, tailwinds to sort of help guide us uh, forward. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been, it's been a journey, but I I feel it, I feel it now more than ever.
1: That's amazing. So you've always had a bit of positive encouragement. Now, if I'm a brand and I want to implement your technology, I've got an e-commerce store how does that process work? I'm assuming that your algorithms are pretty much automated, or do you have somebody that comes in and actually tries to figure it out?
0: Yeah, so it's it's uh, depends on the partnership. Uh, we have um, many of our partners that decide they want our help upfront um, through you know a consultant like experience to calculate the carbon footprint uh, for them, and so and we do that. So, um, you know, we have a team of um, of emissions analysts who. Uh, work through these these um these projects uh every day. And so it, it depends on the on the brand's preferences. We were, we we're a flexible partner, but overall we do have the ability and capability um to um work with you in a really in-depth way to calculate your carbon footprint as as a company and as a brand and be able to report that to you um you know on a on a on a regular basis, such as annually or, or quarterly, and then parlay those insights into um, into, into the algorithm that would feed the inputs to the algorithm in real time.
1: Super amazing. So you probably know with all of the major shipping carriers in the U S for example, if I'm doing UPS two day versus this distance, it's generally this, is that a relatively standard figure?
0: It gets pretty granular. It gets pretty granular. So there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, that's one factor, right? Um, the carrier, the, um, the amount of time it takes to ship the, the method, um, all these things together play a factor into what the carbon footprint actually is. Um, you know, manufacturing of, of the item itself is is another thing that we pride ourselves on of being able to calculate, which um, is a really tough thing to do actually. And so um, we have developed a, a database um, to be able to calculate what the carbon footprint is of, of, of manufacturing and production of, of really any you know um uh you know consumer good consumer item and you know our product coverage is increasing on a on a daily basis um as we move forward so it's a lot of factors but yeah the short answer is you know it definitely you know is definitely very granular and something that we um you know take a lot of um take a sort of bottoms up approach to be able to figure that out
1: do you ever sort of come in as a consultant And then you look at some company and you point something out to them and they realize that what they're doing is insane or that there's just a much better alternative to something that they've always been doing and then they cut that piece out then and there.
0: Yeah. So recommendations are a big part of what we do as well. So, you know, if, assuming we're able to um, see behind the curtain, right, with the, with the company and partner with them, uh, we are able to, you know, benchmark and say, hey, you know, you're here, you know, you want to be here, and this is how to get there. And so, you know, recommendations of, um, you know, towards uh, how, to, how to cut your emissions to begin with are, are, is an important element of any sustainability strategy not just offsetting. And so we we provide um, those recommendations as well as as part of our, of our analysis. So, so absolutely.
1: Incredible. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this. There's so many good pieces of this. In the next five years, aside from having 2 billion brands on board and everybody having it installed in their Chrome browser, where do you see this going? You said it's going to be a default part of everything, and that would be amazing, yeah. obviously. But for your company, what do you think the next few years are going to look like?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a really great question. It's an exciting thing to think through. Um, We're really, you know, excited to, um, to just be powering the, and leading the, the, the sustainable movement of, of, of shopping. Right. And so that's, you know, that's something that we're, you know, when you think of any purchase um, or any consumer activities, you move forward, that's something that um, is, is what we're excited to, to power. And so, um, from from an offsetting perspective, and be able to um, make all of consumer activity you know net neutral, um, and then you know obviously you know help brands and give them the tools um, that they need to empower them to cut their emissions to begin with through analytics and reporting and and uh, recommendations, um, but but you know really have this um, this this sort of you know scalable um, impact uh, movement. Um, really, be, be sort of forefront for every consumer activity, consumer purchase, and that can, you know, come from uh, in a lot of different ways. But we just, you know, we're really excited to be to be leading this movement.
1: That's so great. How big of a team do you have?
0: Yeah, the team is small but mighty. Today, uh, <laughs> uh, we uh, we grew from uh, let's see, you know, fast, I mean, rewind about. 12 months or there's about two or three of us on the team um, and now we have about 20. So um, 20. growing, but, uh, but still, but still, it's uh, still small, but mighty. Um, and, you know, we'll be growing the team this year and, and next year um, as we, as we continue to grow with more brands, offsetting more CO2 um, and as, as our needs evolve. So you'll be know, growing the team pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and so excited to talk with any folks who might be interested or passionate about the, the
1: work that we're doing. Great. All right. So describe to me a typical day. Do you wake up dreading going to work? Do you jump out of bed at five in the morning? You just can't wait to get started. What What does a day in the life look like?
0: Yeah. I mean, everyone on the team is incredibly excited to, 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 um, um, to, to, to work on what we're working on. And, and it's pretty, uh, you know, obviously easy to say that as the, as the CEO of the company, but, um, but, uh, but it's true. And we, we, I see this in everyday interactions, something as simple as, um, you know, Slack communications or just like, you know, daily up meetings or, you know, everything that comes down to like a, a work environment, um, you know, everyone is incredibly excited, it puts a lot of, of, of heart into what we do. And I think that's um that's something that are really, interesting. I, again, I've had a few like, you know, other roles in the past in jobs and jobs and have started with the companies before and I think that it's really interesting because um, i I really am feeling the passion here with the team we built and the and the work that we're doing. Um, I think I think we sort of it's like a magnet; and it attracts even more passionate folks as we sort of you know continue to move on uh, and and sort of move forward. Um, and 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 you know we just love it. So uh, you know everyone is incredibly uh, psyched about about working on the work we're doing. It's you know. It's it feels really good to to succeed and working towards, you know, success isn't just, you know, about making money. It's about making an impact in the world. And, and that um, is something that everyone feels on, on a day to day basis. And it's pretty, pretty palpable. So it's great. It feels it feels amazing.
1: That's great. And you can't imagine, I'm guessing, going to work for a big bank at this point. Do you think you'll ever do something like that?
0: I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could. Um, could you I mean, ever
1: could you ever work without that feeling behind it? No,
0: no, definitely not. So the feeling's got to be there, right? So once you once you have that, you can't go back. And um, you know, certainly, certainly feel that here. And you know, it's it's intoxicating. You know, it feels really good. It's uh, you know, you you mentioned jumping out of bed and getting ready and getting ready for the day, and that's so true. You know, I I like physically jump out of bed um, and just get and, <laughs> just, excited up. and just excited about it Monday.
1: Like <laughs> yeah. the we work, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's as simple as it sounds and as joyful and beautiful as it is. Still, what do the statistics say? Something like 70, 80% of all Americans, not just dislike, but hate their job. Hate, the capital H. So, so few people get to experience that. So many people are just paying the bills with something that they hate. Monday is the worst day of the week. To those people who feel stuck they're locked into something that they're not passionate about and they know they've got a piece of their heart and soul. That's just not breathing and not alive. What advice might you have for them? Maybe if they're a little bit older or if they're in the middle of their career, what could they do?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many options out there. There's so many options out there. I mean, it's, um, I mean, first, you know, obviously it's very dependent on where, you know, anyone is in their journey. Right. And like how they're, you know, how they're feeling, what sort of situation is very situation dependent. Now, um, I'd say the first step, you know, I, from, from my perspective, it's just like, you know, seeing what's out there really, it's just like, there's so many opportunities out there for anyone, um, no matter the seniority of a uh, person or like, you know, department of where you, where you are. Um, you know, there's just, yeah. I mean, there's just so many, you know, companies out there today and opportunities for, um, uh, for, for, uh, for a career that, um, that are that are mission driven, that are um you know fueled and and fueled by passion and fuel by passionate people. Um and you know, obviously, you know, entrepreneurship has, and you know, I say this being you know, obviously in like the, the capital of you know tech in the, of the tech world, right, in in Silicon Valley. Uh, but it's just it's so true. I think that that movement has accelerated in terms of you know working for purpose. And I think there's so many companies out there that do um, now offer a, you know, a purpose driven environment that it's, you know, it's um, if you're looking in the right places, you absolutely can find it. And, um, you know, once you once you once you know it's there, um, you know, then it's just a matter of kind of getting that courage to, to make that jump. And, you know, it's two, those are two whole separate conversations. We could probably have a whole podcast on each of those. Um, but Ultimately it's it's a matter of you know knowing it's there and then and then just making the job, making the
1: leap and, and being fine with a little bit of risk. Fine with a little bit of risk. Well, you missed an opportunity there because the first thing you're supposed to say is they can convince their company to sign up with EcoCart. That was yeah. the real answer, right? That's <laughs> Absolutely. that's Absolutely. obviously what everybody should do in any other company, clearly. And if they're not in e-commerce, they should start an e-commerce wing of their company yeah. just so uh no, but that's that's exactly right. There are so many companies, and we live in this weird time where a lot of people have this hatred of the existing work structures. There's the movements on Reddit. I don't know if you're familiar with anti-work. People are very fed up. Minimum wage is a problem, all of this. And we live in this time where people are wanting and expecting more from their employer. If they're going to be employees, they expect things like unlimited time off. They expect things like perks and happy hours and gym memberships and yoga and all of that stuff. And when you see the greater movement and all of those things, and obviously having the chance here to build your own company culture, how do you feel about that as an employer, as somebody who's bringing on more people in the future?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. How I view that is is an opportunity to to bring to have to join have folks on the team who are who feel that way, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, the, what 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 you know I when I hear that from from you I, in my mind I think oh well folks are looking for a home they're looking for a a place to um a place to call home and a and a and a, and a, and a work environment to, to feel like home and so you know it's an opportunity to 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 foster that feeling of uh, for 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 the team overall and I think that that's um something that that I strive to do um you know on a pretty daily basis um and provide uh, amazing, you know, experiences, amazing, you know, feelings of, of going to work every day, fostering a culture that's um, collaborative, um, pushes people to um, be their best that they possibly can be. Um, and that, that's where you find personal fulfillment. So I think I look at it as an opportunity and, and that's something that, you know, I focus on a lot.
1: That's so great. And I'm sure that your people feel that. And that's part of the reason. That's part of the allure.
0: Absolutely. Exactly right. Yeah. It, it, it again, it's palpable in, in our work every day.
1: Now, what do you think about those companies? And this is an interesting thing, because you have a company that maybe has practices that are not very carbon friendly, and they're now just starting to offset or they're using your product, there's it's sort of a gateway product, perhaps to the larger conversation of how can we reduce, how can we make things better, but I've always found it an interesting thing when companies or people, they're not in alignment where somebody says that they have a certain set of values and then they don't demonstrate those values. Like, for example, consider an eco-friendly company that treated their employees like crap, for example, or people who pay lip service to these ideals. How important do you think it is that the idea behind your mission is resonated in all aspects of how you do business down to how you engage with every small piece of the puzzle?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So, um, you know, it's, it's all important, right? Like being, being thoughtful about all that, all that is, and having that have be top of mind is, you know, is incredibly important. There's so much, um, you know, opportunity to affect change that, that, you know, that kind of all stems from that type of environment that, that, you know, you're fostering that everyone feels on a day-to-day basis that it, you know, it, it can only translate into good. And so that's, you know, that's, um, it's a really important point to, to kind of talk through because it's all, um, it's all top down. It all, it, it feels, you know, something that, um, is, you know, it provides a really great, amazing platform and opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yep. That's so true. And we've got to, Im- we've got to embed all of that into every step of what we're doing, I think. Otherwise, it's disingenuous. And if you say, we're eco-friendly, we're trying to support this, and somebody says, can I have a week off? I just had a baby. And you say, no! Your family is not important. We have a two-week-only vacation policy. Then it's hard for people to believe you on the other mission stuff. For sure. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. Yeah, it's
0: It's very comprehensive, right? It's like, again... um, folks are looking for an environment to feel like home. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you're spending so much time with, with the folks you work with and at the company you're working for um, that it's, you know, it's gotta feel, it's gotta feel like home. And um, it's not just, uh, you know, it's not just, it's not just singularly. um, It's not just one dimensional. It's multifaceted.
1: Right. Now uh, for you personally, since one of the big focuses of the show is unusual The unusual aspect, and I hate to say it, but part of the reason that these people are unusual is because it's still not the norm that people care about the environment. I wish that it were usual, but we're not quite there yet. What do you think is the most unusual thing that you believe that nobody else believes? Or what's an unusual piece of advice that is not pulled from every Instagram account on the face of the earth? Something that motivates you that's different?
0: It's a great question. Um, hmm. Very interesting. Um, I think you know. I think so. Here's what, Here's my thought on that. So, um, looking at things, wh- whether it be you know a concept or or a um, or an idea or or a, or a framework of methodology looking at it in a, you know, sort of contrarian ways is really important. So I would say I try to play devil's advocate with myself um, in, in all ways. And so, you know, you know, what is a way to, um, you know, what is it, what is some commonly held belief that I have that others might not agree with? Um, there are probably a few uh, because I try to look at things um, again from that, counterpoint in all ways. So I can try to convince myself one, you know, out of, out of, uh, out of that, um, out of that, um, opinion, let's just say. And I think that's been really helpful to, um, to be able to, um, get, you know, make progress, have, you know, have successes. Um, you know, cause if you're, if you're, if you're always sort of looking at things from, from multi-dimensional fashion, then, um, and try to poke holes in, in everything that you do, um, then it you know you you can sort of prepare for for any uh, failure that you might have. And so, um you know, it's it's tough to think of of any specifically on the spot, but I think that having that type of mindset um, generally is really important.
1: that's all right. So that brings up another question. You said fail fast. It's something we've heard in the past. How does one know how fast to fail? How does one know how much time to give something? Because certain things take time. Certain things, for example, if everybody who started a YouTube channel or a podcast like this got two episodes in and they said, "Forget that
0: mm-hmm.
1: how many things wouldn't grow because of that? When is the balance when something has officially failed in your mind versus too soon?
0: Yeah, I mean again, very situational um there's it's probably a function of a many of a few different things passion for what you're doing um, you know um seeing seeing the success so like are there youtube views are, are there views in your youtube video are people commenting are people liking it uh, are people sharing their friends um there's there's success metrics to look at and it's very situational but um you know i think there's always the element of passion and are you excited about what you're doing still um and is that is that driving you because you know there's tons of stories and examples out there of of of, of really successful entrepreneurs or anyone, you know, who have, who've been working on ideas for years without any sign of success, but then, but always fundamentally knew that it was, um, you it, know, it, it was going to be something meaningful into the future. And it all, all of a sudden, you know, something clicks, um, in the world, for whatever reason, it becomes, you know, standard, um, Airbnb, you know, comes to mind, right. Um, something like this, that, um, that, um, you you have to be, uh, you know, yes, you have to look at the data and see, okay, well, like, are you know, what's happening. Um, and is there, is this, you know, successful in and of itself, but also is this, are you still, you know, passionate about what you're doing or do you fundamentally believe this is happening? Um, and, and, you know, do you, will you sort of continue to, you know, chew, chew glass, like, as they say, um, to have this, to see this through and be able to see it succeed. So it, it's, it's, you know, it's very situational. I, I would say from my you know opinion, but, Ultimately, it comes down to, you know, is this something that's going to you know, drive you to wake up every morning and work on, on that thing that you're working
1: on? Mm-hmm. So well said. And that brings us to the most important question of the entire episode, the only one that really matters. If you are over the age of 30 and you haven't been listed to Forbes 30 under 30, is it just hopeless for you? Is that it? Is that game over? You had your chance. You missed your window. You're done stick a fork in you
0: no chance no chance no chance there's it's always there's always there's always an opportunity um there's
1: always the 40 under 40 list <laughs> <or maybe, laughs>
0: there's always there's always there's always uh um, there's always opportunity that that's kind of the beauty of life i think there's you know um you know i think famously more cuban says it only takes one you only have to be right one time one time and then you're looked at as as a genius let's just say right and so no way, like there's, you know, anyone can be right no matter how old you are, no matter what sort of stage of, of life or, you know, where you live or anything, right? You only be have to be right once. Um, and that's, that's the key of it all.
1: So great. Well, we're approaching the end of the hour here and I like to always give the last word to the guest. So if there's any piece of advice or anything you want to promote or any action you want them to take, the floor is yours to wrap up this episode. So literally anything at all that comes to mind, now is your time to shine.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Really, really great to be here. Um, you know, at Eagle Car, we're always trying to, um, you know, uh, talk with more brands, you know, talk with folks who, um, you know, or are, are, are any companies that might be a good fit for, for offsetting their carbon footprint in any way. So uh, always, you know, always uh, welcome a conversation there. Um, happy to always just be you know a sort of voice of, uh, of reason or pointing you in the right direction of, of, of how to take more sustainable steps um, there. And so that's that's what I would say. Also we're always looking for folks to join the team in some way shape or form. So um, excited about um, you know hiring having a few roles open now, but also um, over the next you know six to 12 months having a bunch more roles open. So um, always looking for passionate, excited folks um, to to join the team and, and help push our mission forward.
1: Well, I hope that there's somebody out there who will take you up on that. I think that's a very great thing. Somebody who's looking for a chance, well, this might be their chance. You might be their chance. How cool is that?
0: That's amazing. amazing. So,
1: again, I want to express my heartfelt thanks for you taking the time and how busy you are just to sit with me. I really, really do appreciate it and you sharing your story. I think it's just incredible what you're doing. I think it's an example of what everybody should be doing. In my humble opinion, I love the win-win-win. I'm so glad that you've taken this upon your shoulders. And I wish you nothing but success. I hope that it takes off like it's poised to do and that you continue to be able to stay in the most expensive (laughs) place on the entire planet. (laughs)
0: Thanks so much, Ross. Really great to be here. I appreciate you having me.
1: Yes, it's a pleasure meeting you. And uh, with that, the podcast is officially over.